Mm. We thank you for the privilege, the honor to come before you and say, worthy is the Lamb. Hmm. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for your continuous confirmation over the last couple of weeks that this is what you want to say to your people in this season. Hide me behind the cross. Truly, none of my words but your heart to your people. For those that may be waning in their faith, I pray that you would set them ablaze again. And for those that are on fire, I pray that you would fan those flames for your work, for your ends. And I thank you and I praise you. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I, I, when I say everything has lined up to this being what I was meant to say down to the last second when uh, Gemini prayed that, you know, God, or told us that God put it on our heart to pray for those who were sick. I've been in communication with uh, Sister uh, Teresa um, all week, uh, beginning last week, sharing the title of today's message. And uh, Monday, I got hit with something crazy. Um, to the point that Tuesday I went to be tested for COVID. It came back negative at that time. Um, but it has harassed me all week long. I was like, I'm not doing it. And I, my wife, we were talking about it. And the last time God gave me the opportunity to speak, I almost tore my ankle straight out of my skin. Um, so God definitely has uh, this word and nothing's going to stop it from coming forth. And, and I pray that uh, our hearts would receive it. Um, so if we'll put the title screen up. Um, the title of today's message is, So, What Are You Going to Do About It? When I was uh, a kid growing up in uh, Alabama in the 80s and early 90s, those were fighting words. Does that ring a bell for anyone? So, what are you going to do about it? Anyone ever heard anything like that? Yeah, and I, uh, I would assert to you, and usually the person who said that, it was usually the bully, right? They did something and it was so, what are you going to do about it? And I would uh, submit to you and assert to you that a fight has been picked with us. And there is absolutely no option for opting out. We do not have that option. Um, my assumption, and that's just me assuming, um, I'm seeing a lot of the faces that I see on a regular basis. I'm seeing some new faces. Welcome to the ark. It's good to see you. But I'm assuming that for the majority of us sitting in here, we have said to Jesus, I do believe that you shed your blood to forgive me of my sins, to, to bring me into right relationship with God. The majority of us, right? Not all of us. So, if that is the case, understand that you are in the midst of a fight. 
There is no choice in the matter. It is spiritual warfare that rages around you. But I will say that there is a desire within the body of Christ, within the church, um, for some of us to just, if I just come to church on Sundays, I'm good. If I just come on Wednesday nights, I'm good. That is good. That is phenomenal. That is needed. We need you. We need, as a body, to have fellowship with one another. Beautiful. But I'll tell you, the fight rages far heavier than that. And there is much more needed. Um, If you put the uh, quote up there. If you know me, you're probably sick of hearing this. Um, Oh, that's sharp, Teresa. That's great. Thank you. Um... If you've been around me at all, you've heard me quote this. It's, it's, it's you know, I, I don't claim any mantras or anything, but it is a guiding principle of my personal life. C.T. Studd of the 1800s said, Some want to live within the sound of church or chapel bell, but I want to run a mission house within a yard of hell. And so what this is saying is that there's that desire within the body of Christ is like, hey, look, as long, you know, me and my four and no more. We're all good. We love Jesus over here. And, you know, hey, that's rough for them over there. But we're safe here. I'm covered by the blood. Yay me. And I don't want to venture out. I don't want to acknowledge how ugly it is. And far be it from me to not just not acknowledge it, but I don't want to, I dare not go and be a part or interact in any way. But what he's saying here is when he says, I want to run a mission house within a yard of hell, it's I want to do everything I can. I want to be right there on the front line, snatching them out, compelling them, pleading with them. Please, you do not have to go this route. And my challenge to us today is to come to the place to where If we can't fully embrace that in this moment today, can we begin to take one step toward embracing that? What step can we take today to come to the place to where I will be a vessel for God's saving grace? That's the challenge in front of us. You know, so I've acknowledged the fact that there is a fight that has been been picked with us. The battle is there. We've heard all the messages. I'm pretty sure we've done the rabbit hole dives on all of the things that are happening. The Euphrates River has dried up. That is a direct fulfillment of Revelation 16. And we're looking at all the things around us. Um, The brokenness, the violence. I watch, uh, you, you see the videos and everybody laughs and world star and all of this stuff. But what I see are men and women who are the image of God acting like mere animals because there is no sense of who they are in Christ within them. And it breaks my heart. Breaks my heart. The violence, the animosity, the brazen sexual immorality, um, the abortion. And when people talk about the abortion, it's usually the travesty of a child's life lost, but what they don't talk about is the brokenness of that woman who I don't care how hardened she is. 
She looks in the mirror when no one else is around and says, my baby, she's broken. That's the battle. That's the war that has been picked with us. Child sex trafficking. Houston is one of the epicenters. Harris County is one of the epicenters for child sex trafficking within the nation of the United States. And the nation of the United States is the biggest consumer of child sex trafficking. There's brokenness. This war is raging around us. Do you hear me? So we've had plenty of messages that talk about we are in the last days. Nay, we are in the last hour of the last day. We're there. The battle is raging. So we mention all the things and how dark it is. And uh, got some statistics there. And really, to kind of put this in perspective, the number of people, and this is just up until this point, 2023, um, as of June, the number of people who die each day, 7,974 in the United States. In Harris County, the number of people who die each day is... 66.7. I don't know how they do a point percentage. I'm not a math guy. I'm an English guy. But it's there. 66.7 people die daily. How many go off into eternity? Into darkness? Because no one was brave enough to tell them, yo, if you continue this way, you will end up in outer darkness. There is life for you. Jesus has life for you. He has life for me. Let me tell you my story. How many go off into eternity lost in darkness? I'm going to read this to you, and I'm, I'm going to read it to you. It's Luke 16:24 and 27 through 29. And I'm going to read it to you the way we read it. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, to, the, to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And that's the way we usually read it, right? But it was probably more so like this for every individual who finds themselves in, in hell. And I've said it before, the, the, I think the greatest travesty and the worst part of hell will be for the first time in their existence. That spirit, that soul will have no part of God. That's the, the scary part. So Lazarus probably sounded something more like this. Father Abraham, have mercy on me! I am tormented in this flame! Probably sounded a little bit more like that. And I want you to think for a moment. Think, consider your family. Are there people who do not know Jesus in your family? 
Consider your co-workers. Consider those you attend college classes with. Are, those, are, are any of them there that don't know Jesus? Can you hear their screams like that? I am tormented in this place. But that's the key. When we talk about this, in a lot of times, in a lot of cases, we put an emphasis on and we focus on the fact that if we do not get Jesus the Christ, if we do not embrace and take hold of the salvation that His blood bought for us, we will end up in hell. But I think the state of those individuals who are on that broad path is far worse because if you take a look at... um, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, would shine on them. So the whole time that we are still walking this earth, their minds have been blinded, and they do not know the joy of the Lord. They have life that daily, now, now granted, for some individuals, socio, um, socioeconomic status withstanding, it's a little easier to stave off the brokenness, the emptiness. Whereas where I grew up in the project areas of Alabama, much like any other project area you would find, It is daily, daily insanity, lack of peace, brokenness, animosity, daily, no peace, only moments of fleeting happiness, no true joy, because there is no Jesus in their lives. So here's my question. I feel like uh, our adversary... We watch the videos on YouTube and Rumble and all the other things or the evening news. And we're just like, oh my, that is devastating. And the whole time our adversary is saying, so, what are you going to do about it? So my question is, are we the redeemed of the Lord? This is a participation access. God's Word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you are the redeemed of the Lord, will you please put your hand up? Redeemed means I have been washed by the blood of Jesus. All right, I see all the hands in here. So, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So say it. Say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Are you redeemed? Say, I am redeemed. So what will the redeemed of the Lord do about it? I submit to you that we take the offensive. I think in a lot of ways, especially with current laws that are in our nation that say, oh, there's separation of church and state. and um, You know, you keep your, your religion at church. You do that at church. You don't do that here. We've tucked tail and we have operated from a defensive position. I am suggesting that we take the offensive. And Lord, 
all of the incredible lostness I just described, I pray that 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 incredible lostness of those around us and that all of those who are on the wrong side of salvation, that salvation that God freely offers through the blood of Christ and that are headed toward an, uh, a torment that is unspeakable, that is unfathomable by the, the human mind. I pray that all of that will compel us. That word compel means to push, to urge. Compel us to tell people about Jesus Christ. How can we be silent? How? It would be as if we saw our neighbor's house on fire and we just kept walking by and said, well, I'm not a fireman. It's not my business. That's what we say when we say, well, I'm not a pastor. Let the pastor tell them about Jesus. That makes me culpable or guilty if I saw my neighbor's house on fire and did absolutely nothing about it. I think that it is an absolute denial of the cross and of the power of God when we choose not to speak at such a time as this. When we see our present generation perishing before our eyes. When we see families broken and being destroyed. When we see the confusion morally, socially, politically, and it's happening globally. The destruction of everything godly. God forbid that we should keep silent when we have the answer. Jesus is the answer. So I pray that the awakening would begin with us. With us sitting here. Let the awakening begin with us. We've had all of the sermons to talk about. Let's tear down the walls of Jericho. It, is in, it has all been in preparation to stand up. We've listened to Pastor Roy give us those throne room secrets. And if you're missing Wednesday nights, you're missing it. Those throne room secrets of how to press into God and to really seek His face and glean from Him what it takes to be His representation in the earth. We've got all of these sermons to prepare us to this point. Let the awakening begin with us. Let the offensive begin with us. So what does the offensive look like? So uh, if you can, check out uh, 2 Peter 3.9 with me. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness. That means the Lord isn't lazy. He hasn't taken His time. He's not sitting back. He has, he has never once stopped being on the offensive. But is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Have you come to repentance? I'm pretty sure you know some people around you who have not. Yeah or nay? Yeah. So the first step in the offensive is to get on our hands and knees, get on our face before God and say, Father God, my heart isn't there. I'm being honest with you. 
I'm okay with it just being me, my four, and no more. Change my heart. Your word says that you desire that none should perish. Bring my heart to the place where I say, I desire that none should perish. So that's the first step. God, give me your heart for the lost. And then second step. Um, if we're going to do the work, we're going to be on the offensive. It's going to take some. Uh, it's going to take some workers, right? I think we're all sitting right here. No, that's just that's the start. Um, check out Matthew nine thirty-seven through thirty-eight. It says then he said to his disciples, "The harvest truly is plentiful. Everything that I described in the beginning of our time together right now, that's the harvest." And we've got to get to the place to where we no, no longer see it as overwhelming. Like, what can I do? What could I possibly do? But start to begin to see it as plentiful. That just means there's lots of souls that can be brought into the kingdom. Right? But the laborers are few. Therefore, when, uh, was it Pastor Mike who said, whenever there's a therefore, it's there for a reason. Um, therefore, Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Okay? So we're, giving a com- we're given a command. Pastor Angela spoke last week, do I really love God? Do I love God? If you love me, keep my commandments, right? So he says, pray the Lord for laborers. Right? I think we're sitting here. So I think our prayer can begin to sound like, thank you, Father God, for choosing me to be a laborer. Please prepare me for what you have for me to do. I cannot do this on my own. Please prepare me to be bold and to speak you to them because they need you. Right? Right? All right. And then... If we're going to do that, what is our response going to be? So if we're we're going to pray the Lord to send laborers, and he says, all right, I'm going to answer your prayer. And he says to you, while you are in your closet and you are crying out to him, Lord, send laborers. My neighborhood, there are many that are lost that need you. And via his Holy Spirit. Via his word, he says, Michael, I've answered your prayer. You're a laborer. Now go. Your response needs to be Isaiah 6, 8. I'm sorry. I try to avoid the you and yours. Our response needs to be Isaiah 6, 8. And before I do this, remember, I like to give you context. I don't want to just throw a scripture at you and say, hey, well, this is what that means and put my own spin on it. If you really read Isaiah chapter 6, his response, this response happens after he got a vision of God. And that vision of God, the, the right response of getting a vision of God is, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amongst a people of unclean lips. I am wicked. And he sent the seraphim to... to Put the coal to his mouth. He says, now you have been redeemed. 
So in this response, we need to acknowledge, we all agreed here a moment ago, we are the redeemed of the Lord. We have been forgiven. Our sins have been cleansed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. All right? Cool. That's that coal being put to your lips. He's cleaning your, your, your unclean lips. So let our response be when we pray to Him, Lord, send laborers into the harvest. And He says, Michael, Donald, Randy, Joe, Gracie, I want you to be a laborer. Our response can then be once we acknowledge You have redeemed me. You have saved me. And I thank you. Our response should be then. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. Send me. I'll be a laborer, Father God. I'll be a laborer. I'm done just focusing on the next bill I have to pay. I'm done just waiting for the next... Baseball, football, soccer game. I'm done waiting on the next episode of this show to come out. Let me get into your word. Let me get into my closet. Spend time in prayer so that you can give me real clarity on who you want me to speak to. Let me be about your business. I haven't been about your business. Forgive me. But I am here. Send me. Send me. I'm going to start crying. Boy, I tell you. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you and we praise you. Use us. Use us. So that's the offensive. That's the beginning piece. We want to acknowledge God's heart. He desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's directed us to pray for laborers. And when we do pray that, don't be surprised when he says, great, here's your answer. You go. Then our response should be, here am I. Send me. So how are we going to do it? So we talked about the fact that it needs, you know, we need to handle this from an offensive standpoint. So take a look at uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 23. It says, Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. And that's the how. I think for a long time we've bought, and I think that this, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it, you know, that whole St. Augustine approach of um, witness to everyone you come across, and if necessary, use words, great. The whole message there is your life should be a testimony of the grace of God. Yes, I agree. But I think that we're at a point now where... We do this. You purposely go out into the highways and hedges. And going back to Pastor's sermon last week, do I love God? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. One of those greatest commandments was, go ye therefore into all the world. 
proclaiming His gospel. So we're going to be purposeful about that. So, with that being said, I want you to take a look at um, what our church leadership here is proposing. All right, so the objective, the initiative here is um, TAF, the Art Fellowship Reach Evangelism. The whole focus of actually going out and being purposeful about um, sharing Christ. So, these are the action steps. So, and I'm, I'm looking at what I got here. You know, Teresa's amazing. This looks way cooler than what I created, so that's awesome. Um, that's it. Yeah. So, um, in those action steps, what you'll see on the left-hand side are going to be the actual action steps. There's a description on the middle. So, this whole endeavor is going to be centered, the foundation of it is going to be prayer. Um, we're asking that the church as a whole pray over each area that we will actively be engaging with. We'll talk about the scheduling of it here in a little bit. Um, we're asking that the church as a whole pray for each brother and sister who will be going out into the community. So there will be individuals. Um, my prayer is if, if we just blew this whole community out of the water and every single person in here said, you know what? On those Tuesday nights, I'll be here. I want to go out. Mind-blowing what, how God would just... He, he took 12 men and turned the world upside down. What, he, what could he do with the individuals, the redeemed, who are sitting in here right now? Um, but if you can't, we would ask that you be dedicated in praying for those who will be out in the community. Uh, we are asking the Taft uh, TAF family to make um, Taft Reach Evangelism a focal point during the Monday fast... Um, for the next four weeks up until our kickoff. All right, training. Um, I will be providing training, and my goal is to train trainers. Um, I will be providing. You, you say to yourself, oh, I'm so, I can't really, I don't know about all this, talking to people. Brother Mike, you're tripping. You know, I get it. I get it. Believe me. But we got to start somewhere. And I will provide training. Hopefully uh, kick some of them nerves to the curve. Our first, your first endeavor might be, uh, hey, so do you like big gulps? I, I like, I got to go. But you stepped out. You stepped out. And I'm going to give every single one of you in here some homework. I want you to do this. I want you to create your testimony in an elevator pitch. An elevator pitch simply means something that um, you can put your testimony into a compact story that is approximately 30 seconds to one minute. I want you to begin practicing your testimony, what God has done to you. How We all said we're redeemed, right? Cool. So we all have a testimony. Your testimony in a 30 second to one minute span and practice that in the mirror. That's your homework. Okay? That'll be a part of the training. So if you do it, you'll be ahead of the game. And you don't even have to pay for that one. All right. Um, this training will be provided monthly as our pool of laborers grows. I am looking for the person who I can train to be trainer of trainers so that we can replicate that. And I'm not going to hide that. The desire for this entire endeavor is replication 
across the board. The people who will be coming into this body of believers, we're going to have a strong discipleship program so that they can then disciple others. This is an offensive. We're going to be real about it, right? All right. Okay. Here we go. All right. So let's talk timing. Um, kickoff. The desired date for kickoff is Saturday, August 26th. Um, the location, and this is the desired location at present, and I'm asking everyone to pray for the management of Carrington Park Apartments as I will be reaching out to them this week. This is the apartment complex that God laid on my heart. I presented it to our leadership. And they're, they're okay to go with it, but we've got to get the okay from this apartment. If they say no, we'll figure out another apartment complex, but it's going to be kicked off. I'm just going to, we're just going to go ahead and claim that. Um, the time is to be determined. That is going to be based on what Carrington Park Apartments shares with us. What we will do in the kickoff, provide light food, a.k.a. beef hot dogs. Everybody loves beef hot dogs. All right, give them something to drink, some praise and worship music, um, share, you know, played via speaker. Um, we will share the gospel and pray with those who visit the assigned area that we're in. Okay, so that's the kickoff. This is where we are letting you know as a church, we're praying this up. We're getting this solid. This will be the kickoff. This will be starting. There will be no turning back. We're burning the ships. We're not trying to abandon. Here we go. All right, next slide, if you will, please. Once we get this up and running, it will be bi-weekly outreach. So we will visit the neighborhoods and the desires to start in concentric circles going out from our church, where we are located, going in concentric circles around our church and fanning out as far as we need to go. Just keep going because Harris County needs Jesus. Um, the desire is to meet on Tuesday nights on a bi-weekly basis. So first week we will pray for the area we're going to be going to. The next week on Tuesday uh, nights we actually we go out into that neighborhood from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We will go out in teams of two. As we go out, individuals, you will be in teams of two. We'll, you'll get this in the training. Whoever is speaking at the door, the other person is silently praying. Praying, praying. And then you switch it up because everybody needs to speak, right? Um, we will share the gospel with those who do not know Jesus and offer prayer to those who do know him. So we're not leaving any door without truly shoring up and being a representation of Jesus Christ. We will invite our neighbors to join our fellowship here. If they are a part of another church, awesome. That's an opportunity for us to pray for them. Is there anything that they have going on? Do they have an outreach that we can pray with them right there about immediately? Um, and on the alternating weeks, I mentioned that when we're not going out, we will, you know, have the assignment of where we are going to be going the following week and everybody. And in that window of time that we usually go out, we don't we will not have to meet to do so. But in that five to seven window, you set aside time, turn off the show Put away the, stop the scrolling. I can give 30 minutes to God to plead for him to soften hearts before we go to plant seeds. Okay? Um, and then quarterly outreach. So every three months, we will seek to do an endeavor just like we did for the kickoff. Okay? Does that make sense to everyone? Um, I can actually...
put this on. We'll do this and have this available for you next week. So that as you are praying, because you're going to be praying, Lord, send laborers into the, into the harvest. My prayer is that he says to your heart, yeah, I've answered your prayer. You're a laborer. And then your response will be, here I am, send me. And uh, you'll have a real clear understanding of where we're going with it. <clears throat> so with that being said, uh, let's talk about the guiding principles of this endeavor. Um, Ephesians 2.12 says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. We've already discussed the fact that that's where those individuals who do not know Christ are. They're without hope in the world. It's dark, it's bleak, it's, it's, and the only hope that they have is an eternity in hell. That's where we all were at one point. So one of the guiding principles we are going to embrace for this endeavor is humility. I've watched a lot of, you know, YouTube footage of people, street preachers and whatnot, and I, I cringe at their approach. If you'll really read God's Word, when He got the harshest, it was with those proposed individuals who were religious in their own minds and in their own right. When it came to those who were bound in sin, there was a sensitivity in his approach. So as we approach individuals and as we represent, number one, Jesus Christ, then number two, the art fellowship, a sense of humility will be a foundation. I'm not approaching you like I've got it all together and I'm telling you how to get it right. I'm approaching you like, hey, I was lost and he redeemed me and he can do the same for you. Humility. Secondly, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbal. I'm just a bunch of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So first and foremost, humility. With humility, I can extend love. Right? So our approach when we go out, love has to be that driving force, that guiding principle. That's what gets me after a long, hard day of work to drive to the church at Tuesday to meet with others so that I can go knock on someone's door and tell them that Jesus died, that they might be redeemed. So love, humility, love. And then the next one, Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So in Jerusalem, that's your neighborhood. In Judea, um, that's uh, Harris County. In Samaria, 
That's the state of Texas. And all the earth, that's uh, Nigeria and the other points that God has taken the message of the Ark Fellowship to. Let's do it. The only way we will do this is via His Holy Spirit. You come on Tuesday nights and it's the Mike Murray show. It's going to be a failure. If it's all about just you, And I'm not begging, I'm compelling and pleading with you to come. But if it's all about you, you can just go ahead and stay home. Let it be the Holy Spirit driving you, compelling you, and your obedience to the Holy Spirit that gets you to go out. That didn't offend anyone, did it? Cool. So, Love, humility, all driven and only by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you, Isaiah 55:11. it is not your job to make it work. Your job is to share it. 55:11, Isaiah says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not, he won't. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. He's using you as mouthpiece to send his word forward. You're doing this in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not for you to make it work. Just trust. That's one of the guiding principles. Will you be brave enough to say, hey... I used to be addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography, but God delivered me. Fear used to rule my life, but it doesn't anymore because I have His perfect love and it casts out fear. You got a couple of minutes, I'll tell you how you can begin that relationship with Him too. He'll do the same for you. And you just simply tell it. That's our job. And 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Don't want you to get discouraged, you know, because it wasn't. Man, people weren't weeping and and gave the life to Christ and are ready to come get baptized. I don't want you to get discouraged. Know that the word that you sent forward has been planted. That seed has been planted. Someone else may come along and just whisper and be like, you know what? Those crazy people who came and knocked on my door, they said the same thing you were saying. They just watered it. God will give the increase. But we need to be in that chain of events somewhere, whether we're planting, watering. But we need to be there. Okay? So here are the results. I appreciate your, your patience with me. Proverbs twenty four eleven. You want to be a part? You really want to be someone if you... If you listen to all the times that Jesus spoke of to those who do the will of my Father, you really want to be in the will of the Father? We had our two vessels here. One, what I need God to come through for me and do for me. But the other was, what can I do for God? You want to fill that vessel up? Be someone who is used to deliver those who are drawn toward death. Remember, death is not just this body. 
Death is when God says, depart from me. I never knew you. Depart from me into outer darkness. That's death. Can we be someone to say, God, use me to deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter? That will be the result. You will be someone who is helping deliver those who are on their way to eternal hell. You deliver those who are in hell every day here on earth and point them to the one who can give them abundant life. Everlasting life starts the minute that you repent and surrender to Jesus Christ. That's when everlasting life starts. They can experience that here and then spend eternity with God in heaven. That will be the result if we choose to step out and be laborers who say, here am I, send me. Then next, John 10.10, I kind of just gave that one away, but the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life. They will have life. Not just that, but it will be more abundantly. The crackhead who, who is a mother in the projects can have life. The, 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 the runaway who is, who is strung out on heroin can have life. The thief and con artist who has hurt many people can have life, and that more abundantly. Such as were some of us who now experience life abundantly. And then finally, we all said we were the redeemed, right? Shucks, yeah. The redeemed, our end goal in life, mine is, is Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. And his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. That's the result. If we choose to be laborers, if we choose to be instruments of His kindness, because His kindness leads us to repentance, will we be laborers? I'm going to offer a... uh, Have everyone close your eyes and bow your heads. And just a real simple altar call. If you are in here, under the sound of my voice, and that includes those who may be watching via the internet or via television, and your heart says, here am I, send me, would you put your hand up? Here am I, send me. I see every one of those hands. Father God, I thank You for every heart here. 
every heart that is saying, here am I, send me. I speak your blessing, Father God. The greatest blessing from you is more of you. For each individual who raised their hand, I pray that you would give them more of you. A greater yearning to spend time in prayer with you. A greater yearning to spend time in your word. That they would have more of you. Bless them. Bless their families. I pray that you would prepare their hearts for the work that you have for them to do. Even now. Prepare our hearts. We lay Taft Reach Evangelism in your lap, Abba. And we say take it and use it to bring the Cyprus area into your kingdom. We thank you in advance. We thank you in advance. Now, Father, I speak your, uh, your blessing over your entire body. I thank you for the art fellowship family. I speak your blessing over each family represented here. I pray that you would go before us. I pray that you would be our rear guard. I pray that you would open doors of opportunity for jobs, for the opportunity to step into new roles that no man can take away. Use us. Protect us. Cleanse us. Keep us. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to open up the uh, altar and I'm going to humbly ask for the prayer partners to come forward. Um, If there's anyone who needs prayer, something individual that's going on in your life, our prayer partners are here for the remainder of us. Thank you so much. I hope that you have an amazing week. God bless you.